So we go from Australia yep. to Louisiana. Giddy up. Okay, guys. I've always wanted you to be my cold open. You were once, Sermon. You're the better looking of the two we know, so oh. I don't know what's going on here. Now, just kidding, just kidding, Bella. But let's talk about the facial hair. Right? Before he answers as to why, what's going on with it, what, what do you think of it? I think he looks like an outlaw. An he's outlaw? A gunslinger, you know what I mean? Just a natural born killer. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, Bellamy, uh, first time I've seen you with that facial hair. I only hair. killed ducks. You only killed and ducks? Geese. And geese. Uh, and frogs. frogs. Yeah. Yeah, we were uh, just talking about that frogging video the other day. I played it for my class in uh, Miami Law School, and they loved it. They, they actually thought you had some good Q-score appeal, to be honest with you. So, you know, go be uh, something like an actor or something someday with that. Think so? I think you can do it. I think it. I'll stick to the rice fields and just catch frogs. Catch frogs? Okay. Austin approves over there. But, okay, so w what's with this? I don't really know. You just woke up just one day and it fly. Yeah? Yeah. Because most people, during COVID, they let the facial hair grow, and then afterward, we're all, like, shaved it off and everything. Yeah. I, I'm not sure about I'm not shaving it until we lose. Okay, that could be a long mustache. That's the goal. Okay, so I'm not supposed to show favoritism. You know that. But hey. I, I was given this, and being an alum, you know, JB puts on his... Let's go! Let's go, baby! Uh, so, you know, obviously I keep it down the middle when we cover your games or whatnot, but give me the, give me the skinny here. What, what's this preseason like for both of you? For me, it's been probably one of the most exciting uh, football experience since I've been playing. Uh, being away from the game, you know, not being around your teammates day in and day out, putting in the grind, hustling, is something that you really miss. And this fall camp had, had a vibe and an energy like no other. Um, when you have 50 new guys running around the field with your veterans, it's been a great mesh. And uh, I can tell you what, we're ready to hit Hartwick on Saturday. And that's a scrimmage. This will be a, uh, debuting after that, but nonetheless, the Hartwick scrimmage coming up. Sermon, what about for you? Because, I mean, come on, a man of your stature, I mean, what are you, like the fourth or something like that? Yeah, will, will Sermon the fourth? Correct. I'm the second. I can't even imagine yeah. having that kind of lineage. But, I mean, you didn't have to come back. Why'd you come? Yeah, no, we had a great group coming back. I think there's like seven fifth-year guys that wanted to come back and be a part of this team. Uh, missing out on last year, we thought we could get a lot done and, and go pretty far last year, but um, we knew we could do it again if we all came back. And, you know, we have a lot of youngsters who are very promising. Like Will said, it's very exciting because and also kind of nerve-wracking because we have two whole classes of guys who have never played a snap on this field. Um, but everybody's ready to get after it. And, um, yeah, we're excited to go for Hartwick on Saturday. So I saw Coach Beerman on my way in. He's got more gray hair than I remember from a couple of years ago. What player or players do you think are most responsible for the gray hair on Union? Andre Ross Jr. Yeah, definitely. Colin Lama. Yeah, I agree. So we got one offense, one defense at least. Then. Yeah. Okay. You don't think and Austin St. Pierre. Well, yeah. Westfield in he the hits, house. He hits people a little too hard sometimes, and Coach Barron, he has a spaz attack. Oh, during practice you're talking? No, on, on Saturday, on okay, game day. Saturday, so, uh, you, Josh, you're yeah. not responsible for any of those gray hairs? I'd like to say I was at one point, but now I think I'm helping him go away a little bit. You know? mm, I don't buy it. It's hit or miss. Sermon's <laughs> yeah. like the choir boy, isn't he? Yeah. He's a rule follower. What's wrong with that? I'm a lawyer. I appreciate that. <laughs> Listen, guys, have a great season. I'm going to see you along the way. Keep up the success. Okay? Yes, you will. Thanks. And by the way, you're watching season 14 of In the Huddle. Yes, sir. Hey.
Thanks to Will. <laughs> yeah, thanks to Will and Will for that. Oh my God! Yeah, I almost lost Bellamy uh, when I uh, paid compliment to Sermon. Uh, yeah, the, the mustache. What do you think? I, I know it's a popular thing with uh, guys that age. I'm a little more old school, though. I am getting a little. I'm a little scruffy here this weekend, Frank. But uh, you know, if, if someone can pull it off, I think the starting quarterback for the defending Liberty League champs is probably up to the task. Well, for our Region 2 viewers, uh, New Jersey, uh, the Athletic Conference is in Region 2. We are in a Region 2 school uh, setting right now. Behind us is the uh, stadium for Montclair State University. Uh, thanks to Mike Plazo, uh, Coach Giancola and company uh, for helping us uh, here. And uh, it's, it's one of those uh, scenarios we talk about a lot. Without Wesley in the end, Jack, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And Montclair and Salisbury seem to be those two teams that are front runners in it. But do us a favor, come back tomorrow and the next day because we're going to have some surprises at the open of each show. Uh, even though it's not Region 2 shows coming up, we do uh, talk to a couple people, Montclair fans, and their opponents might find interesting. Yep. We'll leave it at that. But Region 2, we're popping the map back on here to show uh, what Region 2 comprises. And, you know, you can't have much of a conversation about Region 2 without thinking about RPI and Union. But not just the teams themselves, but what each team was facing through COVID. It's like a dichotomy that you, you couldn't even imagine difference-wise. Yeah. And we're going to dive into that a little bit throughout this show. But much like the last time we got together, we want to show you the teams that are in Region 2 that were ranked... Uh, for us, including Union, Brockport, Salisbury, etc. Muhlenberg, there you which, go, Muhlenberg, which is interesting because yep. in the past, the Centennial Conference, which is very similar to the Liberty League as far as the types of schools and, and you know, academics and sports is concerned, is now in Region 2. Yep. And so Pennsylvania. I keep saying Jersey and New York, yeah. but Pennsylvania as well now. And, and as we all remember, the Mules, um, coached by our good friend Nate Mill uh, down there, is a uh, Pretty, they were the best team from the East, because I'll include Pennsylvania in that. And so they made it to the Final Four in 2019, and they were picked to win the Centennial again. And yet, not so many top ten looks for them in the preseason. There were some graduations on defense and so on. So we'll see. So one of the things that we want to point out, and we just uh, kind of led to it, uh, as we look at key week one games now on the screen, and uh, we'll flip to key week two games as I say this, the New York rules showed us at their best slash worst. Best and worst, yeah. yeah. Just how different schools were going to be approaching or being forced to approach COVID. More than the latter, yeah. <laughs> In a lot of cases, we had no games. In almost every case, we had basically Utica and Alfred play two games, yep. uh, home and home, and that mm -hmm. was it for New York. Yeah. And so we're talking about a region here uh, you know, we did have the NJAC play some games, yep. and that was about it. Uh, so, three or four. Spring yeah. football was not a prevalent thing in this region, much like in Region One uh, no. that we talked about in our prior show. Uh, you, you look at Hobart versus Alfred. I know that's kind of your game of the uh, week for Region Two in yeah. uh, Week One, mm -hmm. uh, and then you look at Week Two in a game like UW Dub versus Salisbury coming up. That's a big deal. And Ithaca versus Brockport. Yeah. I mean, these are games for teams that haven't played. Yeah, <laughs> that haven't played in a while. That are huge. Yeah, absolutely. 
um, especially because they are technically out of conference games and a loss in either one of those games, you know, could put you at some risk from a Pool C perspective if you don't win your conference. Now, obviously, uh, all those teams we rattled off are, are mostly favorites. I, I, we haven't seen a Liberty League poll as of yet, but I did see Ithaca was receiving votes in the D3Football.com poll. We didn't have them in our top 25, but, you know, they're, they're right up there. So I'll tell you one uh, common uh, theme, though, we're seeing here. Remember the old days we used to pick on RPIs out of conference schedule yeah. uh, on the message boards and whatnot as being weak? They start out with Montclair State in week one at RPI and Stevenson. Jeez. And yet there's a school that, when you think about it, has had no ability to practice. I uh, have to work out off campus because the uh, facilities aren't open. I couldn't even go on campus yeah. for these interviews. They had to be done just off campus. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's to that point over there. I mean, outside we were able to conduct them, thankfully, without the uh, masks yeah. on. But it, it's an interesting dichotomy. First, let's go to Union. Uh, since we did in this order, uh, Union's got some uh, interesting games off the bat as well. Yep. Uh, maybe a little bit easier uh, tone in their schedule, but remember, they, it, this all builds up to that you RPI. Don't want to give anybody game. some uh, bulletin board material. For no. Come on. <laughs> well, it, it, I don't think anybody's going to uh, disagree. But Morrisville yeah. uh, State is obviously an interesting uh, game early on for them. Yes. So you know, don't uh, don't take your eyes off that game. Yeah. But Union, uh, we had Tim Driscoll, who is a very tall, very tall offensive line or yeah, offensive lineman. He okay. said, and uh, Tim at six foot seven and I discussed the upcoming season and what spring football or what they were able to do with their practices really meant to the Fighting Dutchman. I see you next to you, and I wonder what I did wrong growing up in terms of uh, what I didn't eat or something. Six foot seven, is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, uh huh. And a force to be reckoned with, as uh, folks know across the nation right now. Uh, first, the personal accolades have to feel good uh, coming into the season, especially with the year off and everything. But tell me what it felt like not getting to play last year for Union. Uh, you know, it was definitely really tough, like, you know, waking up on a Saturday morning in the fall, um, you know pretty much nothing to do it was just you know it was kind of kind of upsetting but you know I think a lot of guys on our team we've we found other things to focus on you know we got in the weight room and you know we, we focused on that we focused on getting better in whatever ways we could and uh, we made the most of the time that we had uh, you know off pretty much and you know it, it was obviously tough but we got through it and we got better and you know we're here and we're, we're ready to play a season in the other portion of this regional show we're doing uh, we're going to be talking to RPI players who didn't really get much of an opportunity to do on-field stuff uh, the way you guys did in the spring. Uh, do you think it makes a difference? Do you think it will make some sort of difference coming into the fall? We know some teams play games, obviously, but yeah. then there's that kind of in-between that you guys fell under, and then there's RPI uh, schools that didn't do anything at all. What you guys did, do you think it matters in this fall season? Uh, I, I think it definitely helps, you know, to, to play in the spring. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's all about us putting everything together right now and getting better every day, focusing on, you know, the present and just, you know, coming out and putting in the work every day in practice to, you know, get our guys together and be ready to play come week one and, and the weeks after that. So, um, you know, we're, we're just focusing on, you know, the, what we can do, not, you know, whether or not we've done more than this team or that team. You know, we're just kind of trying to, you know, worry about what we can worry about, get better every day and just go from there. Speaking about the present, uh, there's a couple of guys, uh, actually several guys who were seniors that could have said goodbye to this program. 
are coming back, including the guy that's watching us right now, Will yeah. Bellamy, your quarterback, uh -huh. which you're, uh, you're pretty much going to have to protect. He uh, expects a lot out of you guys on the offensive line. I've heard him. I've seen him. Yep. Uh, tell me about the relationship you have with him and what it means in terms of having that that kind of coalesced offense in terms of going to that 10-0 season you had last time and, you know, trying for again here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Will's the best, you know. Um, he haven't, like, we've, we've been playing together for a few years now, and, you know, us, the offensive line, and him, we have a great chemistry, and, you know, there's no one else I'd rather protect. So... You know how it works here. We're going to give you the chance for any uh, shout-outs. But I have one other question. So I was thinking to do that for you. Let's look at the schedule, okay? I know we all do the one game ahead uh, type of thing. But is there anything on the schedule that's jumping out at you as a game that you absolutely are salivating for in the future? Um, you know, right now we're just focused on Morrisville State because uh, that's our next game. But, you know, obviously Dutchman Shoes game, that's always our biggest game regardless. Uh, so that, I, I think that's, you know, another one that we that we are definitely looking forward to playing. But Morrisville State is pretty much all that's on our mind right now. They didn't think I could see them putting the X's up when I asked the question as if it was a trap question over there. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, Morrisville State it is. And then, again, we, we've been doing offense-defense. Here is Austin St. Pierre, the safety for Union. Uh, you know, again, important part of that defensive unit. He really came, uh, you know, his uh, football success story, I think, would be the Ithaca game yep. from 2019 that I attended. And he, his play was necessary. That was just a good back-and-forth game. Union sure. took a nice lead early on, but they had to hold off Ithaca's hard charge at the end of that second half. Austin St. Pierre. Austin, uh, you know, your 2019 season, very good. Uh, mm -hmm. You were, I think, second in pass deflections that a team had mm -hmm. a great number of uh, tackles, I think 42 or 44 thereabouts. Mm -hmm. uh, you really came to life in that Ithaca game especially. For and sure. you have all that momentum, and then COVID happens. Take me through what it was for, uh, like for you from 2019 to now, and how does it feel to be back? Well, I mean, the way we end this, end, ended the season, uh, there was a lot of momentum coming into that next fall. And everyone on the team was working really hard all in the summer, grinding the weights, grinding the field, uh, on the field, um, just really perfecting our craft. And up until the last minute, we were ready to go. And unfortunately, it got pulled from us. But um, we all kept uh, really good spirits. And we knew that, like, you got to control what we control, just like Coach Behrman always says. And moving forward, we just took that energy and sort of the momentum we had and just wanted to carry it into the spring. Um, and we had a really great spring, uh, spring ball season. Um, personally, I was remote for the fall and the winter, so coming back to spring ball and sort of like meeting all the new kids um, and just sort of getting the chemistry back with all my old, the other teammates was just a really great, really great experience. And it put us in a great position to come in in the fall and have a really good season. Let's talk about one thing, though. The playoff games uh, were a real challenge for the defense. Let's not kid sure, ourselves yeah. here. Uh, the case game, uh, the first half was tough. Mm -hmm. And you guys obviously ratcheted up in the second half. The Salisbury game, uh, we were testing all the lights on the scoreboard on both sides in yep. that game. What did you learn and what did the defense learn from those challenges that's going to be useful for this fall? That you're never going to just come out swinging and it's not going to be perfect off the first snap every time. You're going to face adversity in the game, whether it be the first play, the second play, third quarter, the fourth quarter. Um, for us, it was just in the Case Western game, coming in at halftime and just sort of 
getting everyone together and just realizing that like just calm down and we got this we've been here before we're all good football players we have great coaches that put us in the positions to win and when we get our minds right anything's really possible and that was a, that was a lesson that I took away from it really now you were one of the uh, group when I was uh, interviewing Tim that put up the X sign when mm -hmm. I was talking about a game that might be uh, making you salivate on your schedule yeah you're all trying to focus on this Morrisville State game and I will not push you further than that but is that going to be the philosophy? Is this 10-0 season repeat or undefeated season repeat, you know, the, the challenge you guys are looking for, or is it something even beyond that right now? In all honesty, I'm salivating over Hartwick right now. We got Hartwick this Saturday, and every game that we get to go out there and put these pads on, I am ready to go out and just dying to play. Um, one game at a time, you can't really look ahead. I mean, the shoes game is a huge, just for the tradition and the culture that we have here, but another thing for our culture is that we're a one game at a time team and you can't really look ahead at the next week without facing your opponent and you got to get the win it's interesting for me i'm 45 i've been around this game for 26 years mm -hmm. especially at union but you're about half my age give or take and there's this uh, mentality of do you take the game for granted until something like what happened last year happens would you say that you did take it for granted until now yeah um Last fall was a great like reflection period for me because that was the first time since third grade that in August I wasn't I didn't I wasn't lacing up the cleats I wasn't out there sweating with my brothers and just getting after it every day so it, it was it was very tough for me to be in that position because I have a little brother who's playing youth football so they were I was seeing them practice and everything like that trying to help them out and at the same time I'm I'm getting the urge and I'm scratching I want to get out there and play and. That's what I'm, we're trying to preach to the younger guys right now because we have a whole group of seniors last year that we have a great group of returners that came back, but we still have a lot of kids that weren't as lucky to make that fifth year and stick around. So that's what I think I'm playing for right now is just all those other kids that missed out on that opportunity. So there's Union, and again, the tone there was they had the ability to practice in the spring. They took advantage of that, and they have some good insight into the rule changes that have come from that. Then there's RPI. As we said in kind of the intro to this segment of this yep. show, things are different. And we, we have an old favorite, an old favorite, uh, senior quarterback, George Marinopoulos, uh, who joined me. And, you know, you can tell they want to get back out there. They want this season to start because they haven't had much great, you know, activity to look forward to at RPI. And that could play either really strong for them yeah. or could be, you know, a conditioning issue, et cetera. I think it's going to actually be beneficial in terms of the rallying call. I just hope that we don't have conditioning issues across the feeling country. Like feeling a little Rocky Four in this one, Frank? Yeah, you know, a little bit. Running up the, the snow banks I think so. and lifting the logs. <laughs> Knowing George, I'm not sure he went to that extent, but uh, I'm sure he's ready for what's in front of him, as you'll see here. George feels like old times to a certain degree getting to interview you, but last time I interviewed you was actually on the show uh, via a, a video conference, and then before that was inside the stadium area, the uh, you know athletics facility, uh, before a playoff game. This time we're outside, a little bit different. The feeling around RPI is a little bit different than uh, other schools, but from talking with Coach, it seems like the team has been making do as best they can with the restrictions that are still in place here. Kind of walk us through what the team is feeling as a leader right now, what you're seeing from this team, and especially with the guys that chose to come back that could have just said, we graduated, we're done. Yep, absolutely. Um, we're just super happy to be back playing football with each other. Um, been a long time coming for us. Um, 
obviously a bunch of us decided to extend um, college and come back for another year and we've just been enjoying every minute of it pretty much so um, this is what we wanted when we all decided to come back and I know the guys that um, had the year off had to pause for a little bit everybody's just been fired up to come back so it's been awesome to see everyone it's interesting too from a perspective perspective of not being able to really do pads and whatnot in the spring here and then you guys you're looking at the start of your schedule it's not easy what is it Montclair Stevenson etc you've got uh, you know mega games throughout Fisher I think is uh, even out of conference game a little bit later on in the uh, season for you guys I, I mean is that kind of like a baptism by fire type situation and how excited are the guys to they know who's who and what's what in division three especially in this region what is the feeling about that i'm just excited to compete against some great teams coming up um come play in the spring come pad up we were still working and we know that i'm uh, working together as a group doing that sort of thing so um we're excited for whoever comes up on our schedule and we'll be ready to go for it you let's talk about your own story uh you could have opted to graduate leave I think you're in the business program here I, I you took a term off decelerated a little bit so you mm -hmm. could come back why yeah what did you have left to prove after the success that you've had here uh, it's nothing to prove it's just the guys in the program that we have here um, that's you can't get enough of it um, didn't have the best taste in our mouths at the end of last season two years ago so uh, definitely wanted to come back, um, work together with these guys with the program, and just it's it's a blessing to be here with everybody, and we have a blast doing it, and not something I wanted to miss out on. So I asked this to the union guys that I spoke to. I'm going to ask it to you. Is there a game on your schedule that kind of has the circle mentality, you know, one that makes you salivate more than others? I know Montclair is the first game, et cetera, et cetera, and Coach is walking away from me as I say, ask this question. He's probably giving you the uh, sign to uh, not answer this, but, I mean, is there a game on your schedule that sort of makes you excited uh, to get to when you get to it? Uh, we haven't played football in two years now. All ten of them are circled. We're just we're super excited to have the opportunity to be out there and play, and that's what we're focused on. What's next for you? I mean, I, I, this whole deceleration situation and, you know, slow play, I, you could probably technically graduate in January, I'm going to assume. Yep. Uh, what is next for you? Going to enter the workforce, going to find something that I love to do, and I'm going to make a career out of that. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how that's going to look like yet, but i um, got my parents to help me out with that, kind of figuring out. Coach Eyes is definitely a huge help with it, too. Um, connecting with alumni and that sort of thing, guys that have been in the football program. So just trying to figure out that next path for me after football. i got to say, and I think JB would send the same accolades to you, you've been such a stand-up guy since you were a freshman. We, we always get nervous when we have freshmen on the show because you never know what you're going to get. You've been just we, – we know why you're a leader, a captain, et cetera, okay, based on our experience with you over the last how many years, four years plus, uh, basically. And uh, – you're going to be a success whatever you do. I can tell you that if you continue to be that guy. So congratulations on that stuff. Then we have a California guy, L.A. Hey. All we, right, man. We love yeah. it. Uh, I was sharing stories with uh, Coach Icerni about when he uh, did this recruiting trip. He went to Chavez uh, Ravine uh, to see uh, the Dodgers, Dodgers yeah. uh, after he uh, did this recruiting trip and everything. So he, he maximized his time. Yeah. I love Dodger Stadium. Austin Charles, linebacker for RPI. Uh, again, important for that RPI team to play good defense coming up. Here's Austin. 
Austin, it's been an interesting ride. We've talked with uh, George about some of that, uh, but let's talk f- about it from the defensive perspective. Uh, the guys that came back, what you guys have been through, uh, not being able to do a true spring practice like a lot of other schools. Is Was there a little jealousy involved during the spring from uh, watching other schools, even getting to play games and you guys couldn't? And what's what has that done to motivate you guys for this fall? Yeah, I mean, for sure, you can kind of see and think, like, we wish we could be out there right now, but we can't really think about other people. You know, we really focus on us um, doing the best we can do to be the best of our versions of ourselves, you know. So it took a lot of us older guys to kind of get these younger guys back up to speed that didn't necessarily have the experiences that some of us might have had in uh, in the past. Um, But I think we're getting everything rolling well. I'm doing the best that we can, both mentally, physically, everything that's possible. So yeah, I always laugh when you, uh, you would say older guys, and I'm here at 45 years old. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll just go past that. You have a fat front of the schedule, as uh, we uh, call it, and then uh, the league schedule. Uh, I know Montclair is first and foremost, but it's got to be interesting looking at that schedule from your perspective. You've been here long enough. You right. know who's who. Uh, just kind of give us that feeling of that you have where the defense have has about just the pathway this season could take what, what what is the goal ultimately for this team I mean the goal is always win a national championship win a league championship uh, win the shoes win every trophy game we have you know so um, do the best we can but we can't look that far ahead you look that far ahead you're going to stumble on game one so right now we're all locked in on Montclair State Coach Icerni is over here. We'll ask him not to listen to this one, but uh, hes we've been talking with him throughout this last year. And while frustrating at times, it can be in terms of COVID for all schools, not just here at RPI, he's been really, it seems like, a cohesive force to keep you guys together, even despite some of the things that were handed down from the school. Tell us about his importance in keeping this team together during this time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's done his best job that he can possibly um, to keep everybody together, whether that be just kind of uh, checking on guys, seeing how we're doing both in classrooms, um, just football, working out, everything. Um, And that kind of what he has done is passed down to the whole team. Um, I feel like this whole experience, you know, us not being able to play has brought us closer together, made a stronger bond unit of the team. Got some uh, big offensive teams coming up. Uh, There's uh, no doubt they're either uh, Montclair State, Jaquiel Birch, uh, I believe is back uh, for them. Uh, at least that's what he told us. We'll assume he is. Stevenson, historically a good offensive team. Uh, I mean, for you, and seeing that the sophomores uh, don't have much experience and the freshmen don't have much experience coming in, and the juniors hopefully were listening and, uh, you know, we have the experience, uh, the ones that didn't get to play, let's say, right out of the box. For seniors like you, what is the importance of sort of the leadership and teaching role right now, especially with those two offenses that I just highlighted? I mean, it's huge, you know, just to pass down kind of what we've learned both off of playing, um, just seeing different things. But I think that we have a great senior leadership great core to be able to talk to these young guys make sure that they're learning what they need to learn as well as asking the questions they need to ask you know so we answer anything they want to know we were joking yesterday uh, when i was over at springfield that this is kind of the purest form of football because how much game film do you get to watch right right now there's just nothing out there except for two years ago how do you prep for a team like montclair coming up i mean we we look at kind of past what we have but it's really kind of you got to go out there make plays Um, at the end of the day that's what football is so um, do the best we can with what we have I get some music in the background here. Uh, they're prepping up for a uh, scrimmage here yeah. this Saturday and uh, at Montclair. But RPI Union, 
you got to feel for the RPI guys. Yeah. This is a story that even local media has picked up on. Not even getting fans uh, from off campus in their stands. Six home games too. That's yeah. a shame. But I, I, I feel like if you go and complain to the right people right now and bring up the idea of science. What a concept. That outdoors with social distancing, you can play and have fans, etc. You've got to hope that you know, cooler heads will prevail and they will reassess that situation. But what they've been through already is quite a story. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those things where certain schools have taken much more harsh uh, measures in trying to lock and shut things down. You know, I think we're far enough away, far enough away from all of that from last summer that we should know better. But, you know, ultimately there's going to be a, a change in administration at RPI. Maybe things will change for the better there. We'll see. Let's hope so. Uh, in Union, though, uh, like I said, maximizing uh, their opportunities. You look at that Week 11 game that's going to be coming up uh, between them. There's a lot of football to be played between yeah, now and then. Yeah. I'm wondering if we're going to have a possible undefeated team, and it could be either one of those teams. But if RPI goes undefeated to that game, think of what they had to do to do it with their out-of-conference schedule. It's yeah. pretty incredible. Looking again at uh, big week one, week two games here in Region 2. Uh, we've kind of uh, circled the things already on it. But Region 2, this could be a region that actually benefits, I think, from the new regional structure in terms of factoring out the MAC. Yep. Uh, that might help Region 2 get some better exposure right off the top. We'll see what happens with that uh, down the line. Uh, we've lost Wesley. Our friends at Wesley uh, that still uh, reach out to us, we miss you guys, and yeah. we uh, we wish it wasn't so. But good luck to the players wherever they've went, including Shai Mayor Vessels, who's at Del Val, yeah. and uh, others who've gone to Delaware State and other schools. William awesome. Patterson, I think, uh, was a yes. big recipient too. Mm -hmm. So uh, they'll be uh, the better for that. Region 3, tomorrow's show. It's going to be an uh, interesting start to the show, though, so tune into it, folks. Until then, thanks for joining us on, the, uh, on our Region 2 show, he said. <laughs> shout out to any friends, family, et cetera, <laughs> that might be watching. Uh, um, shout out my mom uh, and, you know, the rest of my offensive line, Chris Catch, uh, Stephen Cravani, uh, Kevin Dewing, Stan Koss. Uh, shout out Paul Chambers, shout out Joe Vanderhoof, shout out Rick Flanders, you're the man, shout out my mom, shout out my dad, shout out Westfield, Massachusetts. Westfield, Mass, Hell in the yeah. house. Hell yeah. Passed by yesterday on the Mass Pikes. So. Exit, exit three, old exit three. Old exit three, exactly. Right. 30 miles from the next exit when you're coming west. Shout outs, um, got mom and dad. Love you guys always. Um, got my sister Christina, got to throw her in there too. Hey, Christina. So, yeah, just got the three of them for the shout outs today. Uh, for sure, I'd like to say hello to my mom, my dad, uh, everybody back home in LA, everybody back home in Texas. I love y'all. We're doing what we can. 